0: Hello there and welcome to the second episode of the Long Live Rock and Roll podcast. My name is Laz Mike Lides and to my right is Felipe Amarim, my esteemed co-host. How's it going, Felipe? All good, man. And you? Yeah, very well, thank you. Um, let's get the episode officially started. Please do the honours. Oh, yeah. Hey, that's it. We'll put that. In, <laughs> we use that as the sound bite every time yeah. we just record so we, the bit. Yeah, already.
1: we don't have the budget for sound effects, so that's what we do. <laughs> do we create our own. Mm. Oh, God. Um, By the way, I want to mention I'm drinking a San Miguel special, whatever that is. Um, I'm not sponsored. So if someone wants to sponsor me, you know, just send me your beers.
0: This guy loves beer. So if there is any sponsorships out there wanting yeah. a rock and roller yeah. of his stature drinking he... their products then... <laughs> but you and have I, loads of beer don't well, you
1: I, like... I love beer in general and food I'm not, I'm not really specific about it people think oh yeah you like eating stuff yeah i do i, I love food I, I love like having a good dinner and uh, etc yeah. and drinking beer but i'm not specific about stuff any beer any food like yeah
0: is there any food you don't eat um butter you, butter yeah, yeah no, like, I, I hate butter i made a sandwich for him with butter in. So he was don't, like don't, is don't there spread butter, in butter on
1: my sandwich no, that's <laughs> the that's the only thing on earth i can't eat believe me yeah and beer is the same any beer whiskey vodka i love yeah. i love it all i love life you know <laughs> <Excellent>. <laughs> all
0: right anyway well um so yeah as, as i said welcome back um we really hope you enjoyed the first episode we've got lots of great feedback about it so thank you very much for everyone who got in touch um please follow us on our socials uh the podcast we are at Long Live RNR Pod on Instagram and Twitter, and we have a Facebook page and YouTube channel. If you type in Long Live Rock and Roll Podcast, I'm at Laz Unleashed on Instagram. He's at Feed Underscore The Drummer. Um, so please get in touch. You know we'd love to hear from you and uh, get some feedback about our shows. And so...
1: give us the thumbs up if you're watching this on YouTube before yeah. before you finish. If you just do it now, you know.
0: <laughs> anyway, so. Um, as we mentioned, you know, last, um, last week we were introducing ourselves to you and telling you what this podcast is going to be about, um, and we've got some albums, we've got an album planned that we're going to do for the next week episode, um, but this episode is going to be a band discussion, and we are going to discuss one of my favourite bands, uh, a band called Queen, who I'm sure most people are aware of.
1: Definitely one of my favourite bands as well, uh, although really? I have to say I don't know um, that much about Queen if compared to what you know for yeah. sure i mean i've listened to them a lot but i never that that's when i'm going to learn from you here last because i never got into them in terms of following you know the story, like bands like the Beatles and Zeppelin and, and Dire Straits. And yes, I would listen to the discography and following the chronological order. So oh, yeah. this is the first album. Really good. Queen, I know the songs and I can't tell you which albums they, they are from. So Well,
0: they're famous for that Greatest Hits 1 album, aren't they? Yeah, everyone but knows all of the songs on those.
1: Yeah, but I, I think, you know what? I used to watch um, loads of their the, you know, live performance. I had a VHS. Oh, I'm old. You know, you probably don't have that because Laz is like is nineteen. How old are I'm six. Yeah, that's yeah. it. Yeah. I mean, a thousand years younger than me. <laughs> and um, I used to to watch VHS tapes. You know, I had the uh, I had a live one from the seventies. I don't know which year, but they play Will Rocko with a full band. Really cool wow. stuff. And I had the uh, Live at Wembley, nineteen eighty six which I've Oof. probably watched over a hundred times, I'm not lying. Awesome. So really? those songs, that's like a great hits, uh, greatest greatest hit um, set list, isn't it? They yeah, do play. Yeah. All the hits are there. So I know the songs from their live performances. Yeah. I know from the radio, of course, and from compilations, but I'm not that familiar with Queen's uh, discography. So you can teach me.
0: Yeah, excellent. <laughs> well, OK, let's start with, uh, with Queen then. I mean, Queen was four guys um, who met in London. Uh, in The band formed in 1971. Uh, they were Brian May, Roger Taylor, John Deacon, who joined a little bit after the other guys, and Freddie Mercury. Do you know Freddie Mercury's real name? No. You don't? No, it's
1: not an English name. It's
0: not. No, no he was born in Zanzibar. Oh, wow. um, and his name is Farrok Bolsara.
1: It's a bit harder to memorise than yeah, Freddie it's Mercury. Not as, yeah, you know, it's not. <laughs> it he, did,
0: he yeah. did something like... he. He combined, but he called himself either Farrok Mercury or Freddie Bulsara. He stuck with it for a bit. Oh. I, I have a feeling it was Freddie Bulsara because Freddie was easier than Farok, potentially. See. Um, so and yes, then so eventually
1: he changed to Mercury just because it's just artistic. I don't think
0: legally, it? I don't think his official name was Freddie Mercury. I think it's his stage name. Yeah, yeah. I was really on him, the, but, yeah, yeah. At some point he realised um, that Mercury is a good stage yeah, name. Yeah, it is a good stage name. Um, so interestingly, the, all the Queen members they met each other. They were all doing degrees in really different subjects. So Freddie Mercury was studying fashion and design, and he went on to do some graphic art and design as well at degree level.
1: Nice.
0: Roger Taylor was studying dentistry because I believe his dad was a dentist,
1: and he had a band. They had a band called Smiles, and it's yes. pretty much <laughs> yeah. that was that was actually <laughs> the, the early version of Queen. Was not it? Was it? yeah. It's in the movie and everything, but I, I read about that, and it's, yeah. And it's called Smirnoff because he was a dentist. Exactly. So, yeah. so Roger Taylor dentists.
0: was doing dentistry. John Deacon was doing electronics um, at the uh, well, what's now King's College in London. And Brian May, do you know what he was studying?
1: Um, astrophysics.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Astronomy he, and he, physics. He, he is... actually
1: finished his PhD recently. Oh, yeah. Or, or, He's
0: yeah. done a few He's masters doing. and other things, but yeah. what a clever bunch of guys. I mean, I know that. <sighs> No, no slight on fashion. People who do fashion, but I know fashion isn't as what do you want to well, say. Uh, well, uh, like you would say more technical as, or whatever.
1: Yeah. But in fact, um, it's it might be as complex as as like arts in general, as painting and stuff. Yeah, like that, right, because it, involved, it. it involves a lot. Of, it, there's a lot of drawings. There's a lot of uh, you know uh, planning and that kind of stuff. And so I think the most relevant thing about that is they are. All from different areas, isn't it? What yeah. does fashion has to do with um, dentistry or or you know astrophysics? Yeah. Do you think that makes a difference in terms of how you write a song? Or, or?
0: I do because music was um, it must have been like a hobby slash passion for them. I don't think it was something they went into with. Um, professional aspirations um, as in I don't think they went in there saying right we're going to be musicians and we're going to change our career because they were studying whilst they formed this band yeah or they just finished their thing so they had aspirations to go on and do things in their field but I mean
1: doesn't Brian, that mean that they they um, they had the freedom to play in any way they wanted because there's no pressure no responsibility we'll get into
0: that later All because right. their music is so varied and so different because they just did what they wanted you Know so you're right there. What did we say in episode one? Rock and roll is musical freedom.
1: Musical freedom, there you go. Exactly. We're five minutes in, yeah. and we've, we've yeah. proven
0: the queen of rock and roll. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Um, but it's funny talking about the their backgrounds and what they did and what they're studying because it, it, there's several times where each where, where it came in hand, um, came in handy to have these um educational interests. Because studying electronics, John Deacon. Built a guitar amp for Brian May <laughs> that he called the Deaky amp, <laughs> and Brian May used it in loads of Queen albums to do his special layered guitars, where he play loads of harmonies and do loads of different kind of lines over playing each other, and it was really interesting. So um, there's a benefit to John's electronics. Uh, Freddie Mercury in his fashion, I mean, he looked great, didn't he? <laughs> quite, um, <laughs> and looked quite. And what is it, Brian May, who has the the sleeves? Is that it? Where he's oh. got the, the material that goes from his wrist to his yeah. hips, and it looks... Is it not that? I don't know. Oh, well, anyway, Freddie looked really good, anyway, with his... Uh, well, there was... The leotards. You
1: can clearly see the, the, the influence of fashion in that, in, in yeah. that sense, because
0: uh, Freddie was really into how the band should look, isn't it? Yeah, and, and I think even if you look at him, from the start to the end, his fashion and appearance changed so many times. I remember... The moustache, so, the famous yeah, moustache. I mean, you can recognise Freddie
1: f- from any, you know, any picture. Like, oh, that's him, you know, yeah. the moustache. The short hair, which for rock yeah. and roll is not... Exactly. Obviously he had long hair and no moustache at the, start, the beginning. Yeah. So then change it completely. And it changed it to a m- more remarkable look. Yeah. It's fun, isn't it? Because he kind of looks like a regular guy. It looks like someone yeah, you I find... Yeah, you know, yeah, In a pub. You yeah, in, yeah, in a pub, I
0: know. <laughs> well, I think, or, I mean, from a personal perspective... Queen, I've got a weird thing with bands. You know, I do have a list of who are my favourite top 15 and 20 bands, but um, I judge it based on how much I love the songs. So, for example, there's a lot of Queen, and I'll openly admit this now, there's a lot of Queen I don't like, and there's a lot of Queen that I don't think is very good. But for me, the songs that they are famous for, and, what you know, I don't mean five or six songs, I mean there is a good 20 to 30 songs that everyone well, knows Queen did, and that I love those songs.
1: How many bands can play a whole set of hits? With, of, of hits,
0: yeah. Like there you play many. a two-hour
1: gig, two-hour and a half, you know, and everyone in the audience is going to know every single line. Yeah, So people know the lyrics. They—that's yeah. the thing. I mean, uh, um, just you have to consider. For instance, for us, you grew up here in 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 London, right? Yeah, and I grew up in Brazil. Um, we. We're both familiar with all their hits. So they are massive in South America. They are like massive anywhere in the world. It's it's one of those bands. they did just like the Beatles in that sense. Everyone knows their hits. Everyone is familiar with the the choruses and stuff. Uh, Maybe there's something about it. Just realize now. They are not as heavy as Led Zeppelin and Black Sabbath. But they are not as, I don't know light let's put it like that or pop as the beatles you know they are mm. clearly a rock band there's there is that element yeah. of distorted guitars and loudness but they're very That's commercial
0: you know yeah well the the thing is is for their early 70s stuff so so yeah as we said they started it formed in 71 mm-hmm. they actually played their first gig on the 2nd of july in 1971 oh, so yeah. it's really you know your queen i love queen yeah, yeah. um the early 70s music Incorporated a lot of stuff that we've spoken about before as being pivotal to where rock and roll and rock music went. So they drew comparisons to Led Zeppelin quite a lot because of the heavy guitar usage, the fast paced music. Early on, you could easily call Queen a heavy metal band, a hard rock band, a prog band. A psychedelic band. They had everything. They, they were. They really were pushing the boundary of what it meant to be rock in so, the uh, States. As
1: you know them better, I'm going to ask you this: Is you, do you find all those elements in a single album, or they actually, you know, change it um, throughout the career?
0: Um, well, certainly in the first few albums, it's a very consistent sound. I think mm. if you listen, but to all
1: those elements are there: the psychedelic, the
0: or no, they were more song to song. There'll be different mm. songs, but yes, I mean. Queen One, Queen Two, um, the next two or three albums after that as well. They're very—it's a very consistent thing. And I do think that again, song to song, is different. You will have a rock song, you will then have a ballad that he plays on the piano, and then you could get a really psychedelic song. I don't mean psychedelic with all these crazy sounds and you know this and that, but like we were talking about, um, innovative, pushing the boundaries stuff of yeah. how they were using their instruments, how they were producing, which, how they were mixing stuff.
1: Which relates to what we said, they didn't necessarily had to make a living out of that no. as they had other careers like lined up. They could be doing they something did, yeah. else. So, you know, you pl- if you play music for fun, let's put it like that, um in in a good in a good way, like I'm playing this because I like doing this and I want to do it in my own way and they didn't have to fit any specific a label and a specific yeah. style uh, but they were kind of um you know you can see that from all their performances how comfortable they are on stage mm-hmm. again just comparing with robert plant uh wasn't comfortable on stage for the first few years because it was like am i am i going to make it there was that element of this is this going to be my career is this going to happen whilst uh, Freddie and 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 everyone in, in the band, they were just like, yeah, we cool. You're on stage, we all. And there's one thing about them, apart from John Deacon being really quiet on stage and a quiet personality, let's put mm. it like that, they were s- somehow all of them were frontmen. Somehow, yeah. I mean, they, Freddie they were... stands out compared to any frontman in the world, but that's Ever. another topic. But if you see, like when when roger taylor singing i'm in love with my car he's a <laughs> yeah. front man in that song not only the lead singer he's the front man what yeah. do you think
0: um i think in more ways than one i think you know a lot of that time i, I don't want to say that um you know bands didn't write songs together because that's obviously not true but we were talking about jimmy page who was the primary songwriter for yeah. zeppelin um, a lot of bands you know, leonard mccartney have,
1: with the beatles exactly Martin <laughs> Roplin, Tracy, these guys all wrote those songs
0: guys. Queen. Every member of Queen wrote a song, um, and as you'll have seen from our uh, from one of our Instagram posts leading up to this, I, I did a introducing John Deacon to you all uh, because he is the less the, the lesser one known of Queen to most yeah. people. John Deacon wrote many of their hits. He wrote "You're My Best Friend." He wrote another one, "Bites the Dust." Um, he was, wrote um, no, no, he, he one wrote, vision,
1: no one vision, and yeah. uh, "I Want to Break Free." That's
0: and friends John will Deacon. be friends. <laughs> Four wow. of those are I mean, could so be considered John's biggest songs.
1: Yeah, John Deacon himself wrote like almost a whole set list worth yeah. of of hits.
0: Easily, yeah. Like, wow. Um and I think when you factor into that that Brian May wrote so many great songs, um, Freddie Mercury and May together did loads of great ones, and Roger Taylor as well, you know. I'm in love with my car. Is there a is there a more rock and roll tune in seventies <laughs> rock? Like he's it's silly, you know, but I it's intentional. I it? love the lyric where he goes, Tell my girl I have to forget her. I've got to buy me a new carburettor. <laughs> <laughs> he just, he loves it. He doesn't give a shit. He just yeah. wants to, like, he's in love with his car. And like, then he's, you, you know,
1: he is he, playing that like heavy groove um, grabbing cymbals. It was really good at that. Yeah. And also, Singing those high pitched notes
0: falsetto, Yeah. Well, wow, it's
1: wow, what a singer he was! Yeah, he is still sings yeah. really well. How old is he now? 70 something. He still sings yeah. really well and plays drums like uh, exactly. to an amazing level. Uh, you know, uh, that's the thing. I mean, um, those guys they had, they all had the, the you know vocal uh, skills. I mean, I, I don't know, I think John Deacon didn't sing live. I, I think he recorded some of the BVs as well. But
0: John Deacon was very quiet. That's part of the reason they invited him into the band because it's they were all quiet such personalities interim... that they were like, "We need a quiet basis, or a um, typical bassist." Yes, yeah, exactly. Um, so yeah, he was he, he was invited into his band for his quiet demeanor. He was very. Um, <laughs> I'm not sure he'd necessarily agree with whoever was being. Would you put artist. that on your CV? I'm quiet. <laughs> I, I have a quiet demeanor. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so, so, yeah, early in the 70s, the, their breakthrough came, if you want to call it a breakthrough, with the second album, so Queen 2, which got to number five in the UK charts. Mm. Um, so that was their first entry and success into the UK market. They played on Top of the Pops just after that album was released and they played the Seven Seas of Rye, which is one of my favourite songs. Wow. And that got a really... On
1: Top of the Pops?
0: On Top of the Pops. it was another... It wasn't just that song. They did Seven Seas of Rye and something else. But that was the one that the audiences reacted to and loved really um
1: top of the pops was like i mean for those who are not familiar with top of the pops that show it's like if you had a song in that show that's it you have a career you have you know
0: well it was it was the uk's version well it was the uk's version of Getting the music out there, showing what's in the charts, what's in the hits, and bands
1: right? wouldn't perform live. They would yeah. be playing to a backing track, but the singer had to sing live. So, so really? lots, yeah, lots of pressure on the singer. I think there was something about the musicians' union or whatever. Uh, it was illegal somehow to <laughs> not perform live or entirely live vocals. I think uh, I might be wrong about this, but I'm yeah. quite sure it's it's um, yeah. The singer had to perform live. I know, I know that was the case. So. Um, so, you would have Freddie singing live, yeah. uh, even the back and box, everything would be live, but the the rest of it is just like uh, playback.
0: But in any case, uh, being featured at that show. Big deal. Yeah. Big deal. Big well, deal. after that, they got a bit of notice because they went and supported Mott the Hoople on tour. Oh, nice. Straight off. Yeah, it's a good gig, isn't it?
1: <laughs> so, uh, and then uh, there was still like, so that was first album. We're still talking no, about No, no, second, second album. Queen album. 2,
0: yeah, 1970. <laughs> four oh i've got it here oh 1974 notes yeah, yeah well, I, you know I'm he's, I'm right he's about, organized i'm right I'm, about most i remember most things but every now and then i need a reminder of when an album came out but yeah that was 1974 not um, a problem you can even pretend you don't have the
1: notes you know we, we just have to angle the camera in a way that... yeah i just
0: <laughs> i look at the t- i look at the table for my uh for my thoughts to everything we do here is for, is for real so if, we, if we're reading notes we're gonna let you know uh but yeah um, Then, yeah, so after that, I mean, that's when their fame kind of skyrocketed, if you like. They were selling out shows. They were going on tours on their own after the Hoople. Yeah. So it wasn't, you know, it wasn't just they were leeching off of other people's success. Um, Then they did two cracking albums called A Night of the Opera and A Day of the Races. Uh, A Night of the Opera is one of my favourite albums of all time. This one here. Um, I'd go as far as saying it is definitely in the top three. I don't want to commit to saying it's my favourite because I've got to think about that, but definitely in my top three favourite albums of all time. Stunning album, and it really just showed. This is the important part, is that whilst Queen 1 and Queen 2 and Sheer Heart Attack showed that kind of rock, psychedelic, heavy metal side of Queen, A Night of the Opera had just so many different songs. If we take it and have a look at it... um, I hope the song's on the back, yeah. Um... Death on Two Legs is a hard rock, heavy metal song. Lazing on a Sunday afternoon is Freddie Mercury sitting as piano, acting, I don't know what you call it. It's almost like show music. He puts on an accent. He goes, I go off to work on Monday morning. And it's just it's like it's a show tune and he's I at the know, piano no, 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 in a bar. No, 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 yeah. Uh, I'm in love with my car, pure driving rock. Yeah. You're my best friend. That's pop. it's yeah. a pop tune. It is, yeah. um, 39 is Brian May's tune of it's like a it's an acoustic ballad of him telling a story of what happened in 1939. It's gorgeous. A couple more rock tunes, seaside rendezvous, same thing. Freddie Mercury, at a piano talking about the beach, <laughs> you know, um, and you've got a bunch of other great rock tunes here. Love of my life, which was just a ballad by Freddie on the piano. I'll, um, I'll, I'll tell you that
1: that's, that is a beautiful song and it's a sing-along song, isn't it? You, yeah. They, they used to do it live and, uh, most of the song would be sung by the audience instead of of the band Uh, i mean how many bands can actually do that so you just say you just you know
0: hold the microphone and wait for people to sing along. so that album was so important and i'm 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 telling you we will do an album episode on that one because there's just so much to discuss Um, and it's so pivotal because it showed that you can be a rock band and write other stuff as well yeah you know but, but so so much different stuff not I'm, not, I'm a rock band but we'll do uh, a psychedelic rock song or we're a rock band and we'll do a pop tune like I said show tunes yeah doing that seaside rendezvous and the lazy on a Sunday afternoon how like, many other bands are going to have like theatre music isn't yeah, it? Yeah. yeah but then I think so much of that is down to Freddie Mercury because he was extravagant enough to say, let's do something All different.
1: right. Here's the thing. I, I do have, I think it's a question. Let me think if I can uh, organize this as a question. Um, how important was the fact that they, well, until a certain point, we're not, I'm not going to talk about uh, the, the, the recent incarnations of Queen with guest singers. Because mm-hmm. I consider every, every other guy who sang with them live as a guest musician. No, none of them stayed in the band for two mm. long. so It's like, so you can actually consider that the band had, they never had a lineup change, which is rare, you know. So, yeah. how important was for Queen to be that four piece band, band always, you know, the same guys? And how important was for Freddie Mercury to have those three guys backing him instead of, um, You know, being, because he he was such a great singer. And in my opinion, he is the best frontman ever. I'm not saying the best singer because that's a matter of taste. Some people are going to like someone's voice better. But I think no one in the history of music, okay, all that stuff, I'm going to say that. In the history of music, no one had so much control over the band and the audience as Freddie did. Yeah. And I think he's the best frontman, he yeah. the best frontman ever. So, how important it was that band, that specific lineup, for for Freddie to ex- express himself as as an artist, because his solo career is good, but it's not half as good as Queen, isn't it?
0: Well, to answer your question, the I think what the best example of it is, and I will use this as evidence, is the movie Bohemian Rhapsody, because. Although there there is, there are some timeline discrepancies in there. There are things they got wrong. They they said that well, intentionally wrong, isn't it? A little bit, but they said that this song was written in this year just so that it would make the flow of the movie go better, but. What it really showed, and just to add, Brian May and Roger Taylor oversaw the production of the movie Bohemian Rhapsody to make sure that the facts were facts and that things were being portrayed right. But what you can see in that movie is the relationship that these guys had. And I mentioned that John Deacon was quiet. Well, that fitted in perfectly. Yeah. If you had four huge personalities, that wouldn't have worked. Yeah. Because there would have been too many clashes. But then you have the part in the, I'm not sure if it's in the movie, but where they're trying to write another hit and Freddie... Brian and Roger trying to talk about which kind of songs should we write? What do we do this? And then in the corner, John Deacon's playing another one bites the dust. <laughs> so because no one gives a shit about his opinion, yeah. because he wouldn't give, because he wouldn't make his opinion so heard, yeah. he would just sit there and jam on his bass and write a hit. But even, <laughs> yeah,
1: it's fun, isn't it? But even without without uh, um, having a voice in that sense in the band, without being someone who, who wanted to be in the spotlight, he came up with this, with... Some of the most iconic bass lines ever.
0: That that is under certainly pressure. Amazing. So yeah, yeah, Another one, one bites the pressure.
1: dust. I mean, all those bass lines. Like, you, you can listen to the bass by itself, and you know which song yeah. that is. But and that, that that's apart his from, part from in lyrics, rock
0: history. So, you know, he's yeah. made bass lines that most not that. I'd like to say nine out of ten, but that's too little. I'm going to say nine hundred ninety nine out of a thousand bass players can play another one bites the dust. Yeah, without without. Uh, I got to a point where actually my wife said to me, "Teach me the bass of some. F- it's just teach me anything." And the first thing I go to, another one bites the dust. It's just so easy. you could go for under so pressure. If wanted yeah. to. rhythm's a little like... harder on that one, but for beginners, another one bites the dust is just so easy. There you go. So easy. But that's the that's the simplicity of it. Is that the notes are in the right order? The rhythms are simple, but it works with with Roger Taylor's drum beat. Again, if you, if
1: you if if you're if your whole life is not music maybe like in his case if you have other interests other stuff there's no ego when you're writing a song yeah. isn't it it's yeah. like well i just want to do this because because i want to do this exactly and uh, so it's all about it's definitely all about the music and i think i think you can hear their personalities in terms of or the way they play you can't imagine bohemian rhapsody without roger taylor's high-pitched notes yeah so in that sense, if if I want if, if I could answer my own question, I think you couldn't have um, Freddie Mercury as that big star without the bass lines written no, by John Deacon, yeah, right. with, without that guitar tone by Brian May, Easily. and without uh, the groove and the backing vocals by Roger Taylor. Yeah. He could he he wouldn't be as good without them, I guess, and he wasn't no. as good without them
0: well the thing is is in the, in that mid 70s time they started to find their own sound yeah. that's when Queen became Queen like I said you had the quirky songs that they did but that was still Queen yeah. regardless of the fact it wasn't a hard rock tune um, the, the three albums A Night at the Opera Day at the Races uh, and News of the World they all went into the top 10 immediately of the album that's chart that's because that, and that's how Queen kind of elevated themselves in the mid 70s to become that big band everyone knew who they were at that stage because they had those hits you know and it worked so well for them um the thing during the mid 70s what they also did that was very innovative and important is their use of mixing and production and recording right. techniques now uh there's a song called brighton rock which is on an early queen album where brian may he it, there's a guitar solo but <laughs> i'm hesitant to call it a guitar solo because it's not on the high end of the bass going of uh, the guitar going lee, de, lee, de, lee. he's playing heavy riffs that go back and forth he goes uh, you know to the right and the left of your ear it goes from one side and it goes and he's just playing with these rhythms and it's just fantastic that's a song called bright rock again we'll put it in the playlist for this episode um it's so innovative and so different, and you have to wonder that is it, is it John Deacon's love of electronics that made him think? Well, let's, 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 well, let's and, experiment with and his how, signals. How, and send signals to the left and right. Pan it to each side of the of the speaker.
1: How about the fact that Brian may built his own guitar? It's like yeah, that does doesn't that make a huge difference in, in terms of sound because. In rock music, guitars, they define the sound of the band, the loudness and the style and, and, and everything. So a drummer would play louder if there's more distortion or, yeah. or if the guitar is louder or whatever. And the, the tone of the guitar and the overall sound of the guitar will definitely define how the whole band sounds. And you can't find any other guitar in the world that sounds even close to that one because he made it with his dad. I know some yeah. people who don't like that tone, but the point is, it's unique.
0: Yeah. You know, yeah. He,
1: he built it himself with his dad, isn't it? His dad. Uh, yeah, in
0: 1963, so. I think, and that's yeah. what he started his love the guitar. red special, is
1: it, isn't it? The name? Is that what he called it? The I think it's special. called The it red special. Well, it's, um, and he special. only has one of it, and that's it. Yeah. For those of you who don't know, Lars is famous for his love for wearing shorts. Yeah, he's all about feeling comfortable. And if it's just, you know, slightly hotter than usual, he's going to go for shorts. That's not uh, true.
0: I wear shorts when it's cold as well.
1: When it's cold as well. <laughs> anyway, so that is that, that has been a controversial moment on tour because uh, <laughs> yeah. we demand that people use people wear trousers <laughs> in the back because it's shorts and not rock and rollers but you can argue with that
0: but uh, anyway we're going to do an episode on yeah, whether man, shorts are rock and roll yeah we can also. do a whole episode about shorts but
1: now we have a segment called lazarus shorts where lazarus is going to say some short things really the shortest uh um phrases he yeah could and we're not even going to
0: discuss it afterwards because no, this no, is purely opinion that's short
1: so ladies and gentlemen lazarus shorts
0: Queen is not Queen without Freddie Mercury or John Deacon. Whoa. There you have it. Excellent, right. What have we got on the nose? Yeah, so um, mid-70s stuff, like we said, elevated them, really pushed them through um, to their stardom, if you like, and they found their own sound. They still stuck with the rock stuff, but they made it their own. I think that's yeah. very obvious to hear with songs like Bohemian Rhapsody, uh, You're My Best Friend, you know, all those ones. that are A rock, but with the Queen sound in it.
1: Yeah. And at a certain point, they... Um, because they some obviously were unique, but they were somehow a typical 70s band in the sense that they, they, you can't yeah. really... Queen, uh, uh, during the 70s, you can't totally relate their looks and their sound... The seventies.
0: Yes, you could but, put them in a playlist with loads of other seventies bands. Yes, it wouldn't stand out
1: exactly. But they've survived the seventies. They went way beyond that, and they became a typical band from the eighties yeah. as well. So, uh, how? I mean, how do you feel about that change? You know, they become like because well, personally in the eighties they're not. Can they still be considered a rock band?
0: That's, that's well. I, I don't like their 80s albums because I don't like the music mm-hmm. on it. Interesting. I mean, when I was doing the research, I, found, I, I, I thought it was important to get loads of quotes because for a band like Queen, who have changed so much depending on what... We'll come on to this later, but that actually, may as well cover this now. Queen did what they had to do to survive in this industry, it is a cutthroat music industry myself and Felipe I mean you've been a musician for 20 years yeah. I've been a professional musician for 7 or 8 years now we've already experienced how hard it is to be able to navigate your way and survive yeah. when there's think- so many drummers and bassists competing for the same gigs and this is
1: one level. When uh, when you're a musician, you play with people, yeah. etc. And we'd like you, to make
0: it clear we're on a very much lower level than Queen. Yeah. So imagine but, but, how hard it but, is for an elite band like that.
1: That's exactly what I wanted to say. I mean, you, you can survive in music um, by just you know playing gigs and playing with people. But when you are in charge of writing the songs and being the artist and being on the spotlight like them, and if you reach a number one. Or you know, if you if you're on the top of the pops, then you just you can't do anything after that that sounds slightly uh, worse, and and people wouldn't wouldn't yeah. respect you anymore. So I think it's way harder to to stay on top yeah. compared to
0: get to the top. Well, I read and you, and you some quotes that I found because these are really interesting, and I've got I got about three quotes from each member of the band um, that I found really interesting that could. Attain to this episode today so Roger Taylor we thought of ourselves as a fairly hard rock band so I think that's pretty um significant for their 70s stuff that makes sense then afterwards he said this it was based on hard rock which is kind of based on the blues then obviously we went off on all sorts of tangents classical religions opera gospel funk we tried to do everything really (laughs) and that shows yeah, yeah we I, even even we. I know we're onto the '80s and their major change, but we talked about it there. Well, they tried everything.
1: It could have been a disaster, isn't it? Yeah. Uh, yeah. So how do you mix all of that without you know? Here's a quote for Green. that.
0: Here's a quote of that. There are a lot of things in Queen albums that you don't expect. That's why we threw them in, <laughs> <laughs> Brian May. <laughs> but again, how do you how do you be innovative? How do you be different without doing stuff that no one's tried before? Yeah. Queen, Queen are a rock and roll band, man, through it, and through. I won't hear any other answer, despite the fact that they were purely 80s pop but in the 80s. In the 80s, yeah. But they're a rock still, and roll band.
1: But still had the rock attitude, isn't it? Yeah. Actually, I'll take the opportunity now to call one of our segments, you know. Um, if you guys are still not familiar with this show, we have Lars Unleashed, uh, which is a segment where Lars is going to give some of his controversial opinions about uh today's topic or oh about any topic Let me find it. so uh, yeah, i think my job here is, is to be chaotic because Last is organized today. no i'm so, the
0: chaos it? one because nah. i got to be controversial
1: well that in just in terms of opinion but I you organize you know you have your <laughs> yeah. notes you follow a structure i'm just here like you know throwing things so um let's go for Lass unleashed
0: Okay, so today's episode—I keep saying episode—today's segment of Las Unleashed is this, and it actually does pertain to a particular album. But I think it—it it relates to Queen overall. The Prophet's song, which is a song,
1: never heard,
0: is better than Bohemian Rhapsody. Well, oh, that's a powerful statement. It is, and I'll tell—I'll explain Ooh. my reasons why. The Prophet's Song and Bohemian Rhapsody are both on the same album. They're actually both on the same side of vinyl. They're both the uh, side B of The Night at the Opera.
1: Does anyone but you know that song? I mean,
0: It's it's on on their most famous album, so I assume they must know it. Um, The Prophet's Song is very similar to Bohemian Rhapsody. It has a quiet intro, builds up and has a verse, gets a bit heavier has an operatic section that really mixes the the panning of the speakers and really pushes the production value. Then they both kick into the famous riffs, you know, the Bohemian Rhapsody. Prophet's song has its own heavy riff. The difference for me is that Bohemian Rhapsody, after that riff, it calms down and goes back to the intro, which is lovely, but then it kind of ends a bit abruptly. The Prophet's song, Gets to the pinnacle of the movement and then gradually eases you down. It's got another chilled verse and then it plays the little guitar intro that it does at the start. So for me, the Prophet song starts here, takes you all the way up to the top and gradually brings you back down to where you started. For me, completing a perfect musical journey. Bohemian Rhapsody starts at the same place, ends up at the top in the same level, but it has a quick drop off. I'd love Bohemian Rhapsody to be a little bit more extended. After that heavy section, throw in another verse, maybe, and then end it with just that piano thing. Dun, 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 so you're dun, just
1: you're just rewriting Bohemian Rhapsody here. Are you? Are you really... I'm not
0: rewriting. I'm saying that for me. I'm, I'm going to interrupt song... you.
1: I'm going to interrupt you to do my disclaimer. Uh, the opinions expressed in last unleashed segment, they do not reflect. Philippe's opinions. Okay. Terms and conditions apply.
0: Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, listen, in, in all seriousness, Bohemian Rhapsody is a masterpiece. It is an incredible work of art. And uh, as we know, it is the most famous Queen song. It's one of the most famous songs ever, let alone of Queen, let alone of yeah. the 70s, let alone of rock ever. I wonder if the Prophet song, if they had t- The other difference is the Prophet song is eight and a half minutes and Bohemian Rhapsody is only five minutes. So Bohemian was more radio accessible. I just wonder you know The Prophet's Song for me did everything Bohemian Rhapsody did in terms of innovative uh, in terms of innovation new techniques crazy music hard rock I say it's got the same elements but you it's a little more Okay same elements
1: but a better song in your opinion yeah.
0: only cuz it had a little more the journey feels more complete for Prophet's Song for me Bohemian Rhapsody I wanted a little more and I didn't get it despite that Bohemian Rhapsody is a 10 out of 10 song I won't say that way I just think personally The Prophet's Song is a better piece of music than I'll like listen I to that. that
1: I should be ashamed to say that I don't know the song so I'm we'll going to do it when it. we do
0: the album alright yeah, yeah, yeah. We we'll yeah I'll have we'll, to do my research we'll reference this the proper,
1: well, do you know what I want to I want to take us into another segment right away um, oh okay yeah because we're talking about a song specifically so let's talk about the top five Lazar Felipe's top five. We're gonna yeah. go for our Queen Top Five
0: songs. Yeah, our favorite top five queen songs.
1: And I don't know which which ones are in your top five, and so you I don't, don't know mine. Either, no. So let's start from five. Yeah, five. Right, so do you wanna give me your fifth favourite queen song? Yeah, I will. I want to break free. <laughs> Tell you why. I mean, I when I first heard that song, it was like, Do you know when they stop? That's when there's that break. Boom. I, I want, want to. to break like, free. How can you not sing along to that? It's the perfect. You can't.
0: You have to sing again. We're talking <laughs>
1: about being, you know, uh, uh, rock or pop. It's a perfect pop song to me.
0: Yeah,
1: uh, it's a weird solo. It's like, but it's still it's Queen. Yeah. You can tell, and it, and the and the video is funny, and it's yeah. like it, it. They just. Taking the piss, are they? Everything uh, about
0: that song was kind of special and different, wasn't yeah,
1: it? Yeah, and it's so... It, and and uh, Freddie uh, said in an interview, it's about any person trying to, you know, be free. Free yeah. from a relationship, free from any sort of oppression. And it's so that again... It freedom. For everyone. Yeah, yeah it people. Does. People can listen to it how they want,
0: can't they? Yeah, it's fantastic. Well, my number five is a song called Good Old Fashioned Lover Boy, which is a great little, again, it's one of Freddie Mercury's, it's almost like a musical piece, like something you'd hear in a musical theatre. It's short, I think it's two and a half minutes long it's got everything it's got Mercury's quirkiness uh, there's a great Brian May guitar solo in it the backing vocals are fantastic because you've got Freddie Mercury at the same time Freddie Mercury sings dining at the Ritz will meet at nine but as he says nine the rest of the band go dining at the Ritz will meet at one two three four five six seven eight and together they say nine o'clock and it's just so well. Oh, Their backing vocals vocal and how they did it was amazing. Um, so that's my fifth favorite one. Good old fashioned lover boy. I love it, and my brother loves it as well. My brother Theo, he's not a crazy rock guy, but there's there's he songs by one. rock bands that stand out, and he loves this one. So I thought, if someone who doesn't like rock, because he mainly listens to rap and hip hop, if someone doesn't like rock, if someone who doesn't like rock. Loves a Queen song. It's got to be nice. special. <laughs> See, there you What's go. What's your number four, sir? So? Uh, my number four,
1: uh, quite a heavy one for me. Hammer to Fall. John I mean, Deacon, did he write that? Don't know who wrote that uh, one. I, th- I have no idea. Might be, might have been Brian May, because it's his kind I think of... I Deacon riff. did
0: Friends Will Be Friends, yeah. Yeah, so yeah. Hammer to Fall. It's, yeah. it's,
1: it's heavy. It's hard rock. Um, could have been a Led Zeppelin song. That, yes, yeah, that yeah. sort of stuff. Again, that relates to their like '70s uh, yeah. style, it, it, it could be, it could have been played by any band uh, from the '70s yeah. in a sense. On the other mm-hmm. hand, has the unique voice of Freddie, and, and that, that just pushes song. any song
0: of it's just, to another level, doesn't it? It's just
1: strong, you know. Love yeah. it, love it.
0: Your number four, my number four, right? I'm, I've taken some liberties with this one because it's three songs that. That run into each other, and it's from Queen's third album. I mean, they can be considered one song plus the I cannot... think they wrote it as one song. I think, and I think cheating, the studio cut it into three. You cheating, but I will can take it. Can I not you... have it then? No, you can. One? No, okay. you
1: can't you can have it.
0: It's from you the your show, man. You can do whatever. Our show. Our <laughs> yes, we can um, what, yeah, what? we can do everything. Yeah. Yeah, we can do yeah. 15 songs in your top five. <laughs> Why not? <laughs> right. Um, so, Tenement Funster slash flick of the wrist slash lily of the valley it's an, it's almost like a piece of classical music because tenement funster is this slow rock tune that Roger Taylor's singing on um, and it's almost like it's almost like a prelude to i'm in love with my car even though it's different albums you can hear Roger Taylor you can i'd imagine putting these two pieces of music next to each other and them flowing seamlessly in it's a it's not acoustic because there is some heaviness in it and the guitar does come in as well as the drums but it's a It's an apprehensive tune. It's leaving you on the edge of your seat. You're wondering where this is going to go. And then you go into flicker the wrist, which is just this fantastic, dark, almost metal. He plays a lot of harmonic minor scales in the guitar, and it's dark and dissonant. And then it just, out of nowhere, goes into Lily of the Valley, which is this gorgeous piano-based tune that Freddie sings. It's just Freddie and the piano. I mean, there is other parts, but just one, like, Love of My Life. So again, very Stunning. experimental. Isn't Stunning, it? Yeah. yeah, really great. And it's a lovely, it, altogether it's about seven and a half minutes, I think. But like I said, they cut it into three tunes. I love it, I love it, yeah. Into the top three, what's your third favourite Queen song? My
1: third one would be Crazy Little Thing Called Love. Yeah. Cheesy. I mean, that's like an Elvis Presley song. It's a rockabilly it? tune. But yeah, they want it to be like that. They want it to be like, yeah, rockabilly, 50s kind of rock. And it's a shuffle feel. and a, and, and it's... You know, if you want to play a wedding gig, you have to have that song. It's, yeah. Everyone loves it. It's cheesy, it's pop, it's, it's you know, rockabilly. And again, they were clearly just having fun. So yeah. you know, crazy little thing called love. What a way to describe love. What a way to, you know, to, yeah. to
0: write a love song. Lyrics are lovely as well, oh, aren't
1: they? It's amazing, you know. Yeah. I love that. Yeah, your number... Well, so number my number three, three yeah. Family.
0: I've gone for Love of My Life, which is on the Night of the Opera album. From
1: Love to Love.
0: Yeah. Mm. Um, (laughs) This, uh, it's almost like words can't do it justice. It is one of the most emotional, heartfelt songs I've ever listened to. Um, Mercury sings it with just so much emotion in it. And again, what makes this a great song is it wouldn't be as good if there wasn't the rest of the band adding their layer of backing vocals to it if there wasn't that little section where brian may adds his guitar it's just stunning and i get very emotional listening to it because there's a section in the bohemian rhapsody movie where i don't know if this is true or not but freddie mercury wrote this for his, well,
1: his girlfriend
0: was it yeah. girlfriend or had he come out as gay at that point well i
1: think well the point oh, no, did came out in the 80s this is yeah, 75 but she was his girlfriend at, I the, think, time. at the time yeah. at so at he least, wrote this for mary yeah. who
0: was his girlfriend and I remember watching the movie, coming home and listening to "Love of My Life," and I cried because I loved Freddie Mercury as a person. I know he died way before I was born, but him and who he stand for, and what he did for the band that I loved, seeing his life so well portrayed uh, on Bohemian Rhapsody, and coming home and to listen like to listen to a song like "Love of My Life" just meant the world to me, and it really. And you see people
1: singing along. I think in the movie they mentioned uh, they watching on on the VH they watching a recorded gig. And they actually mentioned a gig he played in Brazil with people singing along. Yes, and I didn't the crowd sing the whole song him. Yeah, them. I think my dad was there. Oh, oh, really, I wasn't born at that time, or, or, or I was, I don't know. <laughs> um, uh, but the thing is, he they, they played it, and he in the movie we know, we don't know if that's accurate, but he could be. You know, the fact is, he says to his girlfriend in the movie, like, they those people don't speak a word in English, but they know the lyrics. Yeah. So that That's song, song. Was so, and yeah. he couldn't sing because he it, it started, and the audience started like so much louder, of course, and they sang the whole song, and that would be like
0: that in any country they would go to, yeah. and it just makes it more special that it's a yeah. country that doesn't speak English. Doesn't yeah,
1: it? exactly. It does. Yeah. Anyway.
0: What's your uh, your second favorite Queen song? Oh, my second favorite Queen
1: song. Are uh, you gonna be surprised by this one? I think uh, most people wouldn't have this song in their top five. I just love it. It's not. Um, Classic Queen in that sense it's not one of the most, uh, you know, remarkable songs. I would say, but I just love it. Who wants to live forever?
0: Because it's, it's another just, Mercury moment, isn't it? It is.
1: And Brian May wrote the song, and it's keyboards based, isn't it? It's like it's very eighties in that sense. Too much keyboards, and it was a soundtrack for Highlander. It's a great movie. Can I, tell you
0: what I, mean? I think of it, mm. it feels like Brian May is a composer writing for his star. Yeah. Freddie Mercury it's like he wrote a song knowing Freddie would perform this and nail it. He knew only Freddie could sing that
1: and if you relate to the movie like who wants to live forever what a perfect definition you don't want to be immortal. Yeah. that's it they great. convince you that it's not a good thing you know uh, yeah great great song yeah. And a fantastic Yeah.
0: Lovely. well my second favourite Queen song is Play the Game um, do you know oh the yeah I love it i tell you why this is important for me is because Play the Game came out in 1980 1980 we'll go on to this quickly after was the transitional year for Queen they released Play the Game and after that it became very funky disco-y and electronic but Play the Game for me is that catalyst it is a rock tune with a shitload of synths and electronic stuff over it, and it works so well. Oh. There are all those lasers and the, you know, the sci-fi sounds, but at the heart, at its core, it is a gorgeous rock song. The guitar solo is stunning. Freddie Mercury's intro on the piano is beautiful. I think I loved it from the moment I heard it. And it's, it's one of a one those. One of it's favorites. a
1: feel-good song, isn't it? You listen to yeah, it. Yeah. yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. <laughs> right, our favorite Queen songs. What's your favorite? Ooh, my number one. Maybe. Is there a chance
1: it's the same? Um, there is a chance. Okay, no, no, there's no okay. chance it's going to be All the same. Right. I doubt this would be your number one. A um, couple of reasons why it's my number one. Okay, surprise. Um, this is a song that I used to play with with a band back in the day. I've played in a you know rock covers band. They had a, an interesting um, philosophy, which would be we don't play hit songs. Okay. Or not. Or not. We can play a hit, but it can't be the biggest hit of that band. Yeah, and we chose that one. If you want to play one Quang song, you would go for you know Bohemian Rhapsody or Crazy Little Thing Called Of, whatever. We chose that song, and I enjoyed it. Like I enjoyed playing it, and uh, it's just so cool, you know nonsense, and it's definitely one of those they wrote for fun. I love the lyrics. Tie your mother down. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's a hit, isn't it? But it's not
0: like, I don't so think it would
1: good. be anyone's number one. It's my number one. I love it? it. I love it.
0: My number one is, and I think this is an obvious one, but this was the first Queen song I ever remember listening to. My We would drive it, me and my dad, we had, um, well, my whole family, we had the greatest hits one on tape in our old car, and we used to play it on our journeys when we'd go on holiday and stuff like that. And my dad used to do actions and whilst if my mum was driving, my dad would do actions and we'd sort of, you know, mime to the song. And I think for what it is, it is just one of the most feel-good songs of all time. My favourite Queen song is Don't Stop Me Now. I think it is a pop song with a rock band playing it.
1: I've struggled to not put that one in my top five. It it would have been the only coincidence. Isn't it it just fantastic? It is. It's a
0: proper rock band playing a pop song, but there's nothing... Apart from the lyrical content, there's nothing poppy about it. The guitar solo is wow. a rock solo. The drum bit in the middle. Don't stop me. Don't stop me. That's rock, man. Like, I, I like
1: they were really good at up-tempo songs. Yeah. It's yeah. not too easy to, to write an up-tempo song like no. that. And it's so fast-paced. And it's... It, it's Yeah. And the title says it all. Don't, don't stop, stop me now. You
0: don't want the song to stop. You yeah. don't
1: want the song to end it. It's just so cool. Amazing. Anyway,
0: that was mine and Felipe's top five Queen songs. So um, let's, let's, let's talk about the end of Queen because... Um, Obviously, it's a very tragic end. Um, they, they, they kind of renewed their popularity in the 80s yeah. because they, they went into this very kind of electro-funk disco section where yeah. for a good five or six years they were producing stuff that it, wouldn't, it doesn't really resemble Queen of the 70s at all, does it?
1: Yeah.
0: It's very, very different stuff and you wouldn't say it was Queen. I remember my brother Tarek was playing a tune on, his, uh, on the speaker and I said to him, who is this? And he said, it's one of your favourite bands. I said nowhere. I do not know who this is, and it's Queen. It's it. yeah. And the song was "Cool Cat" from the Hot. Is it Hot Space? The Hot Space album. Uh, yeah, the Hot Space album in nineteen eighty-two, and it sounded more like Prince. It I really see. did. So, and it was a cool tune. Well, but I, I think, just didn't associate it with Queen. I
1: think they kind of evolved with times. If if you don't consider that an an evolution, if they if you consider that they they were
0: better, Excuse me.
1: they were better in the early days doesn't matter. They kind of reflected the times they were living.
0: Right? Exactly. What is better? Because they were doing what they had to do to sell out their gigs. Yeah. And the 80s, as we know, went very electronic, went very poppy, went very synthy. Queen did what they had to do to survive. And I think there's a line of that in the movie, in the Bohemian Rhapsody movie. Or maybe it was an interview with Brian May. But they, I think they've said openly, we know that we didn't stay a rock band. For forever, you know, we we did what we had to do to survive in this industry. But
1: they never, I think, they never claimed to exactly. You exactly. know that, that they they well, had to stick to to a pattern
0: or exactly. a style. Exactly, but they went back in 1986. They had, uh, sorry, 84. They had their album, which was the works, and that was very much. They they came back to the rockiness a bit, and there's a lot more guitars, guitar solos. The drums were much more prominent, not so electric and synthesized and everything. And that really kind of brought them back. But their but live performances were all like rock performances. Yeah, the, that's true. Regardless of what music they were yeah. releasing, they were a rock band on stage. Yeah. It and after that 84 album, they they actually did something that a lot of bands I wouldn't say failed to do, but didn't take advantage of. They toured around the world. And they started reaching their markets. Uh, they went to South America, they went to Asia, uh, they went to Africa to perform and tour.
1: Not many UK bands would would have gone
0: uh, no, that exactly. far or,
1: or to as many countries as they went Absolutely. to.
0: Absolutely. And what it did for them is it renewed their popularity, uh, especially in the mid-80s. And that kind of all culminated to the point which was Live Aid, which was just so special, wasn't it? Because... Well, what what do you know about Live Aid? Was it nineteen eighty five? I think it's eighty five. Yeah, just such a special. The short set,
1: only the hits, you know, that
0: millions of people saw, and it really that really brought Queen back into the not that they ever left, but I think because their music wasn't hitting the same heights that the other stuff was, I think people lost a bit of interest. Yeah, but but it it made them it it made them
1: relevant again because they proved that no one would be better than them on stage you know exactly
0: well after live Aid, there was a few more albums but um ultimately most most touring ceased after that because mercury's health became really bad um we didn't go public with it straight away Uh, actually he left it very late to go public with it It actually the day before he died that he made the announcement yeah
1: although people like to talk about uh mercury's private life and stuff like that i think he wasn't uh that kind of guy who would be talking about his his stuff, his health, and no, his relationships. No, like, no. like, I'm a musician. I'm doing music, so yeah. let's talk about my music, isn't
0: it? So yeah, I mean that. And that's the tragic part. I mean, they released "Innuendo" uh, in 1991, which was the final album with uh, Freddie Mercury, sort of singing live on it. Um, and then he died. When was it he died exactly? Um, yeah, November 24th, no. 1991. 1991. Uh, he made an announcement the day before. Um, and that that kind of ended Queen really, which is really unfortunate. Yeah, as sense. I said to as you, we know, I yeah, like to, I
1: like to think that every other incarnation of Queen is Queen with a guest singer. You yeah. know, and if I take it like that, I'm happy to see them perform yeah. with another. I know we said we, we wouldn't
0: discuss Lads Shorts, yes. but again, I don't. Uh, even Queen and Adam Lambert, for me, John Deacon is Queen. So if there's no John oh, Deacon, yeah. it's not Queen. Exactly. And Adam Lambert. For me, it's Roger Taylor, Brian May, and Adam Lambert perform the music of Queen. Yeah, but I don't listen. I don't. I don't. I don't have a problem with them doing it. And actually, in fact, as you guys might have seen on our Instagram post that I mentioned earlier about our introducing John Deacon, John Deacon is still involved. Any financial decision or matter that Queen, Queen, being Brian May and Roger Taylor, make has to go through him because he handled the band's finances all through their career and he still has an involvement now and when he retired I mean he retired in 1997 because he just couldn't deal with being in the music industry anymore him and Freddie Mercury were best mates Freddie really helped John Deacon deal with the pressure of being in the public eye and being in a band as big as Queen he just didn't want it he couldn't do without Freddie so he said to Brian May and Roger Taylor guys you do whatever you want with the brand keep me involved because my name's still on it and I'll help you with the financial matters but you do what you want I'm not a part of this anymore And thus, for me, ended Queen. Yeah, well... What a a band, eh? What a band. I mean... What a legacy,
1: you know?
0: But through so many different levels, you've got legacy because of the bass lines that John Deacon wrote. You've got the legacy because Freddie Mercury was the greatest frontman of all time. You've got the legacy because Brian May was a fantastic guitarist whose techniques and innovations of the guitar and producing took guitar to a new level. How can you
1: be in a band like like the other three guys were? Being in a band with Freddie Mercury and you still have your own uh, uh, um, moment to shine, isn't it? Yeah. They were all like uh, uh, big on stage. All yeah. of them were t- more than just being relevant for the music. They were like uh, uh, clearly a four-piece band. All of them were rock stars. All of them. And
0: what what also is so special is how long they went on for. Yeah. I'll give you I'll give you this quote from John Deacon. Lots of marriages don't last as long as Queen have been together, <laughs>
1: <laughs> which right. is a true. Thing, Led exactly. yeah.
0: Zeppelin, what ten years? Yeah. Um, Beatles, same thing. What nine yeah, right. years the Beatles were. Yeah, right. um, you know, even the band split after eleven years themselves. Like it's it hard to. We we've years. talked about
1: this. It's really hard to to. to get to the top of the music industry and it's really hard to stay.
0: Yeah, it's really, relevant. Do you know
1: what? It's really hard to stay in the music industry period. Mm-hmm. Harder if you want top yeah. for sure. But it is, yeah, what a legacy, you yeah. know, everything they've done and uh, yeah, having that long career. I mean, I want to say thanks to yeah. them. You know? Yeah, but they've <laughs> done so much. They've
0: done so much. Yeah. Anyway, right. We're going to end the episode with our final segment, which is called oh. Feed the Drummer. so what we have for Feed the Drummer today um, for those who are watching on the YouTube this is a We have pork scratchings. Pork do you know what they are? Mm. No, it's, it's, it's the skin. Yeah, no, no, oh, no, you no, know it no, is? There you go. Well, enjoy. Don't have it too close to the mic because it's very crunchy. I don't know what you mean with okay, this. Okay, well... What's we'll...
1: the relation between this
0: Well, I'm not going to make you guess because it's... Uh, as we said last time, I'm not going to do puns on song names or musicians because I think Jeff Piccaro <laughs> irritated you <laughs> that a bit, was, didn't that it? That was terrible. Um, so what I'll do is you can eat and I will say that I'm going to introduce you to a Queen album based on what you're eating. Which one? Well, have a guess first. What are you eating? You're eating pork scratchings, which are yeah. pig fat. Mm-hmm. You're literally eating the fat of a pig. Yeah. So I'd like you to introduce you to the Queen album, Sheer Heart Attack. <laughs> <laughs> Good. If you eat too many of these, I promise a heart attack is coming. I anyway, ever listened to the whole album? The Queen, so thanks al- for that. You have. Oh, you haven't. Good. No. The Queen album, their third one, 1973. No one's going to hear. You. There you go. There's the crunch. I got the uh, the year wrong though, 1974, Sheer Heart Attack, there are some really great songs on it and it is really, uh, that's when I feel that the 70s Queen was at their best. Although A Night of the Opera is special, Sheer Heart Attack was the album that kind of prepared them for that. It's way better than Queen 1 and Queen 2 and that for me is the early Queen. A Night of the Opera signifies the Queen that we know, but the Queen... Pre Queen, this doesn't make sense, does it? The Queen, pre <laughs> the Queen <laughs> early, that we know, is summed summed up perfectly with sheer heart attack. So go oh, and listen to it. the album when you like, and um, you'll have to record a little video um, for our listeners of uh, what you thought of it after you listened to it. Oh yeah, yeah, I'm gonna yeah, excellent, cool. alright well, guys, thank you very much for joining us on our second episode. Um, hope you've enjoyed it. Please leave us the reviews and the feedback and all that stuff. Uh, follow us on social media. I am at Laz Unleashed on Instagram. He is at Feed Underscore The Drummer on Instagram, and the show is at Long Live RNR Pod on Instagram and Twitter. You can search Long Live Rock and Roll on Facebook and YouTube to find our Facebook page and our YouTube channel. but We'll be posting little videos, little clips. You know, you can follow us when we're on tour. We'll do some vlogs and stuff. Um, but we'll keep you up to date with all the information, including new episodes.
1: And let us know, know if you want us to talk about any specific bands, albums,
0: or... Yeah, we'd love band. to hear from you guys. If yeah. there's a specific album you'd love to hear us talk about yeah. or a specific band, we'd love to do it. Even if we don't know them, because then it just teaches us as well. We'll do yeah, our exactly. research and we'll learn. And thank you for being part of our second episode.
1: Yeah, thanks everyone, and keep on rocking.
0: And as always, long live rock and roll. We'll see you next time.